today, if you have your Bible, if you'll take it and turn with me to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter 14. And uh, man, last week we looked at a message on unity and what that meant for us and what God was doing in our hearts and lives and how that connected with us in a unique way. And today in verse 5, I want to pick up in chapter 14. It says, now, after they had been unified and God was moving, an attempt was made by both the Jews and the Gentiles with all the people of power to assault and stone them. That's how we start, okay? And when their rulers found out about it, they fled to the countryside, but they kept on evangelizing. You remember we talked about that at the end of our last point last week. So now it says, when they got to Lystra, there was a man there without strength. And he was lame in his feet. He was without strength because he was lame. But you know what? I see people every day that are without strength. They hardly have the strength to persevere. They're so worn out, either not maybe physically because of physical sickness, or maybe it's psychologically. Maybe they are so beat up psychologically. Emotionally, they're just in the pits, and they can't really seem to persevere. We run across people who are without strength every single day of our life. Just like this man, he had been sitting there from his birth, and he had never walked, and he sat there, but he heard Paul, and after observing him closely, and seeing that he had the faith to be healed, circle that in your Bible, had the faith to be healed, Paul said in a loud voice, just like a normal preacher here, in a loud voice, he said, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up, straight on your feet. And he jumped up and he started to walk around. And when the crowd saw that Paul, what he had done, he raised their voices, saying in their own language, the gods have come down in the form of men. And they have started to call Barnabas, Zeus, and Paul, Hermes, and because he was a, the main speaker. And then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside of the town, brought oxen and garland to the gates, and with a huge crowd of people, they intended to start sacrificing to them. Then uh, the apostles of Barnabas and Paul tore their robes, and when they had heard this, they rushed into the crowd, shouting, Men, men, why are you doing these things? We are men also just like you. We have the same nature as you and we proclaim the same good news as you that you should, did you, that you should turn from worthless things, demigods, and serve a living God who made the heavens and the earth and everything in them. And then in past generations, he allowed the nations to go their own way. And although he did not leave us without a witness, he did give good reign. From heaven and fruitful seasons and satisfying your heart with food and happiness. And even though they said these things, they barely could stop the crowds from sacrificing and making an offering to them. Then some of the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and when they had won over the crowds, they went and they stoned Paul. And they drug him out in the city, out of the city onto the countryside and threw him in the ditch because they thought he was dead. After they left, the disciples surrounded him, and when he got up, he dusted himself off, and on the next day, he went back and started preaching the gospel again. 
Last week we talked about unity. Pastor Brandon and I preached a sermon together. If you are not here, I really encourage you to get that because Brandon did a really good job. We felt like we wanted to talk about unity and then God really began to stir our hearts in the middle of that sermon prep because, you know, we wanted to be unified in that very fact. But can I tell you that just because you are trying to be unified and you have unity, it doesn't mean there's the absence of conflict. I'm telling you that when you try to be unified, it means there's going to be more conflict because you are surrounded by people who are different than you and you are grappling and struggling to try to even understand them. Therefore, it, the propensity for us to twist off and get sideways is even greater than if everybody is of the same demographic. But that doesn't mean that we should not do it because the early church was engaged in this type of ministry. And as they began to move out, Wherever they went, they were preaching the gospel. You know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, that everywhere Paul went, whatever he touched turned to gospel. And wherever the there was, he was telling the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wherever the there was. He wanted people to know how great the love of God was. I remember as a kid, I learned a song. It says, the love of God could drain the uh, oceans dry and would his love fill the skies. When you think about that and what God is doing in our hearts and lives, we begin to see that they were moving forward and many people were there and so many people had needs. But there was a certain man, the Bible says. There was only one man in that whole crowd that Paul looked upon and saw that he had faith to be made whole. Today as we gather in these three services and people watching on television and online, there will be many of you that are struggling, many of you that feel like you do not have the strength to be made whole, but I am telling you today that God is passing by and He wants to meet your need, but the thing is, you have to believe. I remember when Jesus approached the man at the pool of Bethsaida, He looked at him and He asked him a question. That's where all the crippled people came to be made whole. Once a day an angel would come down and stir the waters and whoever was the first one to get in would be made whole. And Jesus looked at that man at the pool of Bethsaida and he said, Sir, do you want to be made whole? And his first question was, Well, I, I have no one to put me in. Jesus said, I didn't ask you that. I want to know, do you want to be? You see, my friends, today I believe that many people, please gain this, get this right here, many people have become that the, that the, the dysfunction has become the norm. And they've been broken so long that they don't feel like they can be made whole. And they don't feel like God can fix their problem. And because of that, the norm, the dysfunction is now the norm, and so now dysfunction is now functional. Now let me just press in on that for a moment. The dysfunctional has become functional. Just because you can function in the dysfunction, it doesn't mean that's what God created you for. God created us to be made whole. God created us to be filled with His Spirit. God created us to have life. God created us to have it abundantly. Abundant life. Matter of fact, Jesus said this about Himself. I am the way and I am the truth. Now there's some, another man that we talk about and his name's Satan. The Bible says he is the father of lies. So one man is the truth, and one man is the lies. But do you know it's easier to believe a lie than it is the truth? And here's Jesus saying, I am truth, I am truth, I am truth. 
I want you to be made whole. I want you to have victory over the dysfunction. And then on the other side, here's Satan. Well, you're already whole. You've been like this your whole life. You're, you're, it's just the way you're made. And we begin to believe a lie instead of the truth. Matter of fact, we, it's easier. It's easier. And today's sermon's a little bit different than how I normally preach. <clears throat> and I want to do a comparison. <clears throat> because the world... The world that we live in is so ready to believe a lie. Matter of fact, you remember last week in our sermon, I used a paraphrased version of the Bible to really drive home a point. And it says that they, they, they spread a whispering campaign and they were sowing discard and they filled people's minds with poison. Isn't that the world we live in? Matter of fact, the news media this whole week with the Supreme Court hearings and everything that's happening in the world is filled with... All, all they have to do is make people doubt. And people are so easy and eager to believe the worst. Why do we believe the worst? Because we live with a fallen nature and in a fallen world and we automatically think the worst. I'm telling you, God doesn't think the worst. He thinks the best for you. And He's looking in your heart and your life and He's saying, I've got something special for you. I'm wanting to do something special in your life. Do you want to be made whole? Paul and a whole crowd of people all around, there was one man. There were many that were crippled. There were many that were wounded. There were many that were undone. There were many that was dysfunctional. But there was a certain man who had strength to believe. Today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I beg you, I beseech you, I implore you, with everything that I have, can you believe? Can you believe? And if you can't, be honest with God and say, Lord, help my unbelief to become believing. You see, my friends, the world is so quick to place all their trust and all their praise in all the wrong places. In all the wrong places. And here's what it says in verse 12. When, when something miraculous happened, what did they say? It must be Zeus. Surely the God of myths and dreams and wonders surely he could be the one that's done this surely he sent these men on his behalf i remember one time there was this guy and uh boy his son was diagnosed with a rare disease and i'm telling you it was terrible terrible i mean they thought it was the worst thought he would never be healed from and they run four tests four different doctors in Alexandria, four, di four different tests, and they all showed the same thing. So, man, we began to pray, and we began to believe God, and they took him to New Orleans. Churches all around our city began to pray and began to believe God. And they went to New Orleans, and they started running the test all again, and they wouldn't there. And I had an opportunity one time to have a conversation with his dad about this situation. I said, isn't it amazing how God moved in the life of your child? And he said, well, you know, I really don't know if that was God or if they just made a mistake in Alexandria. I'm telling you, I looked at him and I said, it was no mistake. It was God. But God. But God. And I didn't say it that loud. He might have thrown his coffee at me. It's easier for us to believe the doctors missed it than God healed it. It's easier for us to put our praise in the wrong people than to put our trust in God. 
That song we sang, God, I believe that you can move a mountain. But if you don't move them, God, I'm still going to trust you. Lord, I believe you can part the waters. But if you don't, I'll still trust you. You know where that came from? From three little teenage boys who said, we will not bow down to a golden image. We will not worship a false god. I will believe in God and he is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, King, you just know that we died on the right side. See, we'd rather live on the wrong side than die on the right. We're so, the world is so quick to put praise in all the wrong people. The world is also so eager to give worship to the wrong God. People don't have a problem worshiping. They have a problem worshiping God. And they look at the church and they say, well, this is why I don't worship God. And I understand them. I'm picking up what they're putting down. Matter of fact, if I had to go to most churches, I wouldn't go either. That's why I quit and started one. You know, I feel, felt like I got everything that's driving me crazy. Everything that I feel like is wrong. Everything that I feel like is contrary to your gospel. God, can we just get rid of it? Lord, can we just love you? Lord, can we just fall in love with you? God, can we just run to the city? Lord, can we just run to the hurting? People are so quick to worship the wrong thing. Immediately when this man was made whole, they worshiped. Matter of fact, the priest of Zeus said, Man, Zeus sent us a messenger. And he went and got some oxen and he built an altar outside in front of his church. And he began to, uh, just about to sacrifice. And when Paul saw this man, all of a sudden he tore his garment and his robe and he went out there and he began to intercede and he said, guys, stop, stop, stop. I was thinking about this passage of Scripture and I thought in the world we live in, how many preachers would have not told them to stop? Now, I'm very careful about what I say because God can use anybody. I mean, in the Old Testament, he used an animal. And just so all the New Testament people knew that he was still able to use an animal when he wanted to, he used an animal in the New Testament to get his message out. And both times, neither man had any doubt that it was God that was speaking. I took Ella on a daddy-daughter date yesterday to see Christopher Robbins. And as there was Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and all those guys, and then they were in the public, in the real world, and they were talking, it's freaking people out. And we say, oh, that's just Hollywood. But that's what God did. Balaam's donkey literally started speaking and a rooster literally started crowing and he didn't have to say anything and Peter knew the message. I'm telling you today that we are so easy to worship the wrong things. And, but these, but Paul, look, we need to understand that the world is always looking for somebody to throw the flag up and say, stop, it's wrong, you're going the wrong direction. I may have shared this before, so bear with me if you have already heard it and it's redundant to you. I'm getting a little older and I forget all the stories I tell. But two preachers were standing on the side of the road protesting and they had a sign that said, The end is near. And all of a sudden a car flew past them and a few minutes later they heard a loud crash. And one of them looked at the other one and said, I guess we should have said the bridge was out. See, Paul said to the church of Philippi, some preach Christ out of envy, some preach Christ out of strife, some preach Him out of vain, some preach Him out of a pure heart. But isn't it great that Christ is preached? 
It amazes me how God can take people who are broken and undone and use them to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul stood up and he began to say, Stop! 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 Stop what you're doing! And the Bible says right here that they could barely stop them from sacrificing to them. And then all of a sudden, the next thing I want you to understand is this, that the world will naturally reject that which glorifies God. They will, it's natural to reject that which glorifies God and humanizes humanity. Can I say that again? The world is so easy to reject anything that glorifies God and humanizes humanity, but they are so ready and eager to receive anything that humanizes God and glorifies humanity. The Bible put it this way in Romans 1, that we worship the creature rather than the creator. And we begin to connect these dots, and what we see here is that all of a sudden the Bible says this. It says in verse 19, Then some of the Jews came from Antioch, and when they had come, they won over the crowds, and they stoned Paul, and they drug him out of the city to the countryside, and they threw him in the ditch, and they thought he was dead. Had they known he was not dead, they would have finished him off. They thought he was dead, and after they left, the disciples surrounded them, him, Paul, and he jumped up and dusted himself off, went right back into the same town preaching the gospel. The last thing I want to share with you is that the world may worship the wrong gods. The world may be quick to put their trust in the wrong places. The world really needs somebody to wave the flag and say that the direction they're heading is wrong. But I'm telling you today, the world may be ready to humanize God and glorify humanity. The world may try to stop us, but the world cannot stop what God has started. They thought Paul was dead, drug him out there in the streets and left him for dead. And <clears throat> So we done with that crazy preacher. There's never been a preacher in the United States that's been stoned, but... Well, there's been a many a committee in churches that have stripped them down and run them out of town. The world can't stop us. I was thinking about this, this verse. They drug him out of the city, threw him in the ditch, and left him for dead. This moment is also recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul said, I know a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but he was carried away to the third heaven and received an abundance of revelations. And then because of the abundance of revelations, a messenger of Satan was given unto him to buffet his body daily, lest he be exalted above measure. And concerning this thing, Paul said, the man who was thrown in the ditch said, I prayed three times for God to take it away. But he said, no, Paul, I'm not going to take it away. My grace is sufficient. Therefore, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul said, well, if your strength is made perfect in my weakness, then may I be weak so that you may be strong. Now, I know you know all those verses. 
But in order for Paul to get to such a profound statement that we all love to quote, he had to be stoned, drug out of town, thrown in a ditch, and left for dead. And because that happened, the world thought, we're done with him. He's finished. He's finished. And while he was laying in the ditch, Paul said, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but I was carried away to the third heaven. You say, what's the third heaven? Well, the first one is where our birds fly. It's where you fly when you get in an airplane. Our second one is where the astronauts fly. And the third one is where God dwells. Paul said, I don't know what happened, but that day when I was laying in a ditch for dead, and they had given up on me, and the world had turned their back on me, God met me there, and God showed me something at the lowest point of my life that I could have never seen, I could have never experienced, had I not been as low as I could possibly go. I remember there was a time in my life where I was as low as I felt like I could possibly go. I went to my doctor. I said, Doc, you got to check me in. i got to get some help. I just can't go on anymore. I'm burnt out. I'm broken psychologically. I'm broken emotionally. I feel like I'm broken spiritually. And God, I feel like I'm having a heart attack and I'm dying physically. And so, boy, I went and I checked myself into this hospital And for seven days in Lafayette, Louisiana, there I was all by myself. And nobody could get to me and I could get to nobody. But I was surrounded by other broken people. And I thought, my goodness, what have I done? But I'm telling you that in that lowest moment, I have a notebook in my office and it is filled with notes that I received when I was as low as I could go, when I was as broken as I could be physically, psychologically, emotionally, and and spiritually. I felt like nobody loved me. I felt like God had turned His back on me. But I am telling you, when I got down there in the bottom of the pit, guess who was there waiting on me? God was, God was, and to Him be the glory. Never really shared that notebook with anybody. This year we had some college interns. Was having a hard time adapting. I brought them in my office. I said, sit down right there, sit down right there. I want to show you something. I took that notebook out and I started reading. I started reading, I started reading. At the end of it, I shut it. I said, you know who this is a story of? The story of me. And I want you to know today, the world's quick to tell you, you may good for nothing, be good for nothing, but God's here to tell you you're good for everything. The world may tell you, you're done. You've been this way too long. Your dysfunction is now functional. I'm telling you, don't be a functional, dysfunctional person. Come running to Jesus Christ. Come running to Him. The author and finisher of our faith, run to Him, trust in Him, rely on Him. Because at that lowest moment, God wants to meet us there. God wants to meet us there. God said, just wait, I want to show you something. Today, my friends, with your head bowed, I believe God wants to show you something. There's no sickness that's so great that He's not Lord over it. There's no dysfunction that's so dysfunctional that He cannot clarify. There's no despair that is so great that He cannot turn into rejoicing. All these things, is so none of it is so great that God cannot give the victory over it. 
What he has to do is get us to the point where we glorify him and humanize ourselves. And if we will humanize ourselves and glorify God, then to him be the glory. Buckle up because you have faith to be made whole. And God is looking for somebody who has faith to be made whole. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to our hearts. God, speak in our life. God, move in a mighty way. Lord, just shape us, Lord, into what you want us to be. God, we beg you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I believe there's somebody in here. Lord, I believe there's somebody watching at home that is so broken, God, they, they won't even go to church anymore. Lord, they just feel like it's easier to stay away from the church. But Lord, I pray somehow you'll let them get this message and Lord, that you'll meet them just like you met Paul and begin to show yourself to them mighty. Lord, I believe those who cannot trust today that they would find strength to trust again. Lord, I believe for those that have no power to persevere God that you will give them power and faith to trust in Jesus name we pray amen as you stand to your feet today won't you come you may want to worship in giving right now you may want to worship on a bended knee you may want to give your heart to Jesus you may want to turn your funk over and grab his new plan for your life today won't you come right now and allow God to move in your heart in your life sing today come out of sadness from wherever you've been come broken hearted let rescue begin come find your mercy oh sinner come new earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal won't you come so lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. Oh, wanderer, come home, you're not too far. So lay down your hurt. Lay down your heart, come as you are. You know, that's really the only way we can come, isn't it? It's just like we are. You know, God doesn't ask us to change in order to come to Him. He says, come to me and I'll make the change in you. And so today, He stands with His arms outstretched saying, I love you so much. I want what's best for you. And what an incredible testimony Paul was able to give later in his life. He was able to, to point to those scars on his body and say, I bear in my body the marks. The marks of following Jesus Christ. Now, he may not call us to do that, but I'm telling you what he does call us to do is simply be obedient to what he's put before us and how we're to point to him in all that we in all that we are, and in all that we do. So today, I just want to encourage you before we go to, man, just, just evaluate where you are in your walk with Him.
man. I, I, I was just thinking as pastor was preaching when they, you, you know, I mean, they, they, they stoned Paul, who at, at a time before in his life stood there holding the coats of those who were stoning Stephen to death for his faith. If God can change Paul, Saul from Paul, there's nothing too difficult for him. There's nothing in your life that he can't fix. And I want you to know that today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Thank you for what you've called us to do. Thank you for what you've put us here to do. Thank you, God, for your love for us. And God, when the going gets tough in our life, may we be found faithful in just walking it out. Father, for those of us who just need you to step in and make a radical change in our life, I pray, God, we would just be open to that. And we would trust you to do that in our life. And so, Father, as we leave here today, may we be found faithful in walking out the path that you put before us, whatever that might look like. And I pray it in Jesus' name.